you want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. I kept Kleenex in business in the late 90s. Mike Austin might have fucked to knock his wife. But just saying no to this pay-per-view. Wait, were you making a death joke? I told you we should have gone to the donkey show. Stop choking yourself. It's either death or defecation. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam, your designated host, and of course, what makes the show go around are our legendary drunk wrestling historians. This is Eddie. Step off. I'm doing the hump. And this is Scott, educating the masses one drink at a time. All right, we got a pay-per-view episode to go over with you today, so hopefully you are in the in the right mindset, a uh, good place to grab yourself a beverage and listen to this one. Unless you're operating a vehicle, then don't do that shit with a beverage in hand. Make sure coffee or water or apple juice. Or but, like uh, a light beer, anyway. Oh, jeez. <laughs> don't don't want to encourage them. You mean like PBR? That's a good choice. Yeah, like PBR. That's a good road beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I once drank, you know what I drank in a car one time? Urine? I no, but it's uh, no, but it was a bodily fluid. Oh, semen! <laughs> I drank a, I drank a, in in a car one time, and I believe someone listening to this will know will be responsible for said bodily fluid. I drank breast milk mixed with a pina colada buzzball. Oh Jesus! Did you lose a bet or something? No, Is that I just, why you had I, to drink this concoction. No, I just I. Um, I was offered breast milk. <laughs> I was like, sure, oh. I'll see what that tastes like. And I happen to have no, a No, the answer is always no, dude. What the fuck? You've never done that? No. no. You've had two D- kids, two, dude. I, I, yeah, two kids and never have I once been like, hey, hook me up. Give me some of that milk. I didn't ask no, for never. it. never. I didn't ask for it. It was just offered to me. And I was like, sure, why not? From the tap? I mean, not. Well, I believe, I believe the tap was um, tapped in the car. Oh, put it that way. I mean, I was, so it was like it was very fresh. I think it was still warm. Okay. All right. Okay. Wow. Thank you for sharing. That was a good story. No problem. Okay. Before I ask the beverages of the show question, is that is that what you're having tonight? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, no. I no longer have access to that. Okay. I'm having a. Um, right. I'm having a lukewarm. <laughs> PBR that has been in my backyard since WrestleMania. <laughs> it's been in my backyard since WrestleMania weekend. Uh, the Jameson was hitting me a little too hard, and I thought I should back off of that for a little bit. So I'm going with the PBR. Really, the Jameson was hitting too hard. Well, fucking. So you're like, I don't want to get that drunk. Not this early, dude. It's a fucking um, a pint, and I drank three quarters of it already. Well, well done. Yeah. Well done, lad. Never cease to impress me. I am sticking with the traditional, as I've been doing every episode, blackened with water. This is the blackened cask strength. I am on my second one and feeling cool. And that glass is full, too. Filled to the brim, my friend. That's up there. Cheers, buddies. Water with a little bit of blackened. I'm trying some 
The original Fireman's Brew. Is it, is it um, Firebreaker Met- Chips Brew? Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe he should have been entrepreneurial that way. Would have uh, been more appreciated on this show. <laughs> All right. Also, a quick reminder, head over to whatamaneuver.net so you can get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts. You can look the look and talk the talk. Uh, also, get your little uh, miniature Drunk Marks and Marquette started. We've got uh, Drunk Wrestling History onesies available, but t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, head over there to whatamaneuver.net. Really great, great uh, quality, soft uh, material for on-demand printing. Great. Are there any note? Oh. Nothing. Any notes before we get started? Nope. Let's just do it. Let's do it. All right. So... This is going to be a WrestleMania episode, and we're doing this less than two weeks after uh, after WrestleMania took place, and we're already we're already feeling some fallouts from all the all the results, the spring cuts, and apparently twenty four hour old news and firings. So <laughs> yeah, we're go we're going right into a WrestleMania episode uh, for this week. Uh, let's see. We're heading over to... Hold on a second. Crap. Where'd it go? What are your notes on? Like there a fucking... Speaking spell or something? No, no, no just... The, the thing just froze for a bit. I, I don't know why. Whatever. Okay, it's finally up. <laughs> fucking technology and stuff. One day, these things are going to rebel against us. CI robot. We're taking this to Boston... In the year of our Lord, 1998. Uh, and this is going to be uh, the the big one with Tyson in it. So spoilers uh, for things to come, but they uh, talk about it a lot. But this is the season, the season 14 premiere of WrestleMania, episode <laughs> one, as indicated on Pacock. Or for those of you that speak English... Today's episode is WrestleMania 14. This was, um, we just kind of got into an Attitude Era, um... Frenzy. Frenzy, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Adam. Perfect. Um, Because we just did um, SummerSlam 98, and um, earlier, the end of last year, beginning of this year, I was watching a lot of Attitude. I was watching that um, bit between WrestleMania 14 and SummerSlam 98, so we started thinking, oh, it's WrestleMania time, let's do a WrestleMania and let's do, let's, Scott said, let's stick with Attitude Era. Let's do 14. So here we are. A lot of fun. And you knew this was a legit WrestleMania because Vlad and Faith No More guy were at ringside. And they would only go to good shows. Exactly. Like, they um, wouldn't be at the shit shows. Yeah, they were like, like Great American Bash 91. Exactly. <laughs> only the very best for those gentlemen. Absolutely. Yeah. Classy as fuck. So let's get right into the show, Adam. I think the only thing that's uh, missing, usually I'm eating, I should have had some chowder for this episode, oh, but shit. that wasn't the case. Or some Boston but, baked beans. Ooh, ooh. Or Sam uh, Adams. I'll, I should have been have... drinking Sam Adams. Missed opportunity. Damn oh, well. it, damn well, it. Well, 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 All we'll these make, good ideas after. We'll make up for it in uh, future episodes. Well, I plan like a drunk. <laughs> we, we're so embarrassed. This is a drunk podcast. Let's get the show started with uh, opening match with, 
Let's start with some holy shit madness going on. It's a tag team battle royal for number one t contendership for tag titles. Not even a tag title match that would be happening at 14, but still 15 teams or 15, right? It, yeah, it's 15 it teams. It seemed like it. 15 team over the top rope battle royal. To start off the show, I mean, they got everybody uh, already outside the ring. But the big pop comes out when LOD shows up. Yeah. You ever look at a gimmick and be like, yeah, this gimmick's fucked. That would be LOD 2000. With the stupid helmets? Unbelievable. Dude, we grew up watching the Road Warriors, right? You did. No, yeah. I did too. Um, you did when they rolled into the WWF in the early and, 90s, and I right? Mean, I was obviously aware of them before that. I mean, you know, when they came sure. in as, as um, LOD, I was like, that's the Road Warriors. Why are they called LOD? Um, right. But um, they weren't called LOD 2000 yet on this show. They were just called LOD, but there was the LOD 2000 version. I don't know when they changed the name, but goddamn, way to, <laughs> way to ruin a fucking team. Unreal. Widely considered by many, myself included, to be the greatest tag team of all time. And when they came marching out, I was like, this is some mid, early to mid-90s WWF bullshit going on right here. They have animal in shorts <laughs> or trunks, whatever. They still had the shoulder pads on, but then they put these ridiculous fucking helmets on them. And Those in are addition, hockey helmets. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were like helmets and their helmets. pads have texture. Yeah, yes, and, and they, later on, baseball catcher helmets. And they were sprayed. With, they were like airbrushed, like the way someone would get their pants airbrushed five years before this. Right, like a Great America. <laughs> you get like an airbrushed T-shirt to match your girlfriends. Right, rather right, at the mall. They, they, they look like right. they went to the mall. They look like they went to the mall and hit up uh, the sports store first, and then hit up the airbrush place on the way out. Exactly. Or exactly. they well, just got off of the demon or in vertigo and said, hmm, let's do this right around the corner. <laughs> Ref Bay Area references. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yes. Love it. Now, keep in mind, <clears throat> hockey players back in the day, the goalies, would airbrush their helmets. Right. Now they decided that this was a great idea for LOD. So they put these ridiculous helmets on them, put them in this ridiculous, especially animal, this ridiculous outfit. They had them in shorts and like these ASICs wrestling shoes. Uh, disgusting. Awful. As soon as they came out with Sonny, I'm like, this is going to fail. This is not going to end well. This is bullshit. Of course, they got the big Road Warrior pop. And uh, it was one of those things. As soon as they walked out, you knew it was not a good thing, was not going to end well for the Road Warrior slash Legion of Doom. Yeah, and I don't want to sound sexist, but the only good thing about this gimmick was Sonny's outfit. Oh, I was going to say her tits, so you're way, <laughs> way nicer than I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pig. Oh, sorry. I said that out loud, didn't I? <laughs> you did. Stupid blackened whiskey. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they were the big reveal because they'd been gone for a minute before this, right? Yeah, yeah, they had been gone for a while. Like, I guess the last time they were on television, because JR referenced it, is I guess they had come to blows on TV. So everybody's figured, oh, the Road Warriors are done. Now they're going to break them up. They're going to go on singles That's runs. That's right. And then they show up with Sonny to, at this show with a whole new gimmick. And ugh. Guy, but it was so predictable the way that they did it. They basically let off the show. Here's Legion of Doom with Sonny. And all of the other tag teams that were in the match are already either in the ring or outside the ring. 
you yeah. knew how this was going to go down. Right, right. Yeah, and so to get into the other teams, it's crazy that they had 15 teams at the time. I don't know if they yes, ever had 15 exactly. teams at one time. 30 tag team guys. That's, yeah. That's insane. Um, so I'm looking at the roster here, and I'm like, Rock and Roll Express, they look like they came to watch their kids be in the match, and someone ended up putting them in it. <laughs> <laughs> they still look the same today. Did you guys bring your gear? <laughs> Dude, we're 24 years after this shit, and fucking they still look exactly the same. Right, but they look 60 when they were 40. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. They dude, they did the 80s right. They really did. That's true. They they're well pickled at this point. They've never changed since like early 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. They did yeah, they did everything right. That's what I should have done. I should have turned 60 now. And when I'm at 60, yeah. people will be like, "Yeah, you look pretty good, man. You haven't aged in 20 years." <laughs> they say rock and roll never dies. Rock and roll express are living example of that. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Scott Taylor was in the match, and with um, shit. Grandmaster Sexay, Grandmaster Sexay, and Scott Taylor. They were too cool before they were too cool. You're right, and his mullet is what dreams are made of. If I can be honest with you, uh, dude, I-, I couldn't stop masturbating. I saw that mullet, oh. and I was like, oh, dude, <laughs> pants are off. I was already excited about LOD coming back until I saw Animal Shorts and then that mullet. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dreamy. Yeah. So the match was kind of good. I mean, it was, I don't know, it was just your kind of average tag team battle royal. Barry Windham waddled in at some point. <laughs> waddled? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Barry didn't look good at this point. <laughs> he looked like he'd been hanging out with Flair a bit too much. <laughs> Drinking way too many beers with Steve Austin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, he came in and tossed chains and then just left. <laughs> just like, what? Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, it got his payday. Yeah, and then Kurgan came in too. I think right, and he he tossed someone and he split too. I think. Yeah, but you had to catch that stuff on replay because there was so much stuff going on. Yeah, like the Kurgan thing was completely missed until they replayed it back. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, um, and then um, <laughs> Scott Taylor got tossed right in front of the announce table. <laughs> Jerry Lawler yelled that he's an idiot, <laughs> which was pretty. Funny. Yeah, he's like that son of a bitch cost my son this match. Yeah, I love that whole thing back then when it was like they were denying that um, Brian Christopher yes, was a that kid. Brian Christopher. Because he was doing the same shit at the pay per view before this, I think it was No Way Out. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. was kind. Of, they were kind of dancing around the fact that it was his son without saying it was his son. And he looked I just, lo- like he looked exactly like Lawler. Oh, dude, yes. I, I I always like that when they do like one big wink to the audience. Like we know you guys know, but we're gonna dance around it a little bit. I love when they totally, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. I like that. Um, LOD ended up winning. They tossed uh, the new Midnight Express. And uh, fittingly, yeah, this year went much better for Bart Gunn than the the following year did. <laughs> yes, it did. It, it both results were a loss. Yeah, but he wasn't eating canvas so much <laughs> in this one. Right, right. He wasn't beat half to death. Yeah, he didn't have to ask if Butterbean was okay when he woke up. Right. Nobody asked him uh, where if he knew what day it was. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He got fucked up at the next one, dude. Yeah. So that was it. They won. And then um, after it, it went to a commercial because I don't have Pecock. I have Pecock Premium, but not Pecock Plus or whatever. And I was like, fuck, man, I got to I gotta upgrade my Pecock account so I have no commercials. Yeah, I was going to write down which commercials I was watching, but they don't sponsor the show. So I was like, fuck them. Fuck them. They don't get a free plug. Yeah, exactly. Even if they did sponsor the show, I wouldn't give them a plug unless they were beer. Right. 
Right, or breast milk. <laughs> or breast milk. <laughs> or buzz balls. Yeah, fuck man groomer. Right. Moving on. Moving on, Adam. <laughs> we got our... Uh, <laughs> shoot. Our next match is for the light heavyweight uh, championship. Brace yourself for more Brian Christopher references. But uh, it is Aguila, who's already in the ring, taking on Takamichinoku, champion entering. I didn't know job matches like this took place in, uh, in WrestleMania. Uh, they do if they're the second match. They go on to the Jericho's second match. Point. That makes sense. That makes sense. And this is exactly what Jericho was talking about being the number two match. Nobody gave a fuck about talking on Aguila. But talking on Aguila was so good that they actually got the crowd involved in it. Yes, they did. Way more so than that tag team match. I mean, the tag team match was great because everybody was cheering LOD. Mm-hmm. But it was very lackluster. It was, but this it was match, just a shit show. Yeah, that was just that was just that was just your opportunity. Let's cheer for a team that we know is in there. This one, they're flying. They're going for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had to earn every cheer they got, and damn, did they ever do? Talk about high. Like I'm sure Cornette would have shit all over this match if he had a podcast in 1998 because he doesn't (laughs) like the flippity dippity shit. But dude, these guys fucking tore it up. You know what? I actually wonder if he would hate it because I thought so. One of the things I thought about this match was it was. Kind of like a Lucha Libre match, right? Like, you couldn't turn this match on. If you just turned this match on, you wouldn't know who was the baby face and the heel, right? Yes, Nobody was working one way or the other. It was very Lucha in that way. Right. Um, Like, it was just spot, 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 spot. But what I liked about it a lot was they gave the match time to breathe. Like, they wouldn't do... It would be a spot after a spot after a spot, but there would be space in between. Like, guys would sell the moves and shit. Like, it it was... I know Talk is not a Lucha guy. Aguila was, though. Um, it was Lucha, but it never went full on Lucha. If so that, what you're saying is the Young Bucks should watch this match and take notes. <laughs> yeah, the Young Bucks could learn a lot from this fucking match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I loved it because there were a lot of close falls. Yeah. Like you figured going in, okay, Taka's the clear favorite because who the fuck is Aguila? Mm-hmm. But dude, he got in some fucking moves where you're like, oh shit, he's going to win this thing. Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a great, I mean, like for second match, like that's the dreaded Jericho match is number two on the card. But they fucking tore it up, dude. You know what? It would be interesting. We should try to remember going forward. Um, I know we drink a lot, so we might not remember. Try to remember going forward if we ever see a better second match than this when we do pay-per-view reviews. Okay. Right? Like, I think that would be kind forgotten. of... I've already forgotten. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, Aguila <laughs> hit the softest... Did you catch when he hit that chop? And it was like the softest, weakest chop you've ever seen. And he f- it was like when Lance Storm hit RVD with that super soft chair exactly, shot that the crowd yeah. shit all over. Right, yeah. it was it was the Lance Storm chair shot version of a chop, and they, but he followed right. it up with a good one, and I was yes. like, oh, he knew how bad that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like, this looked like shit. I got to fix it. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, Taka hit that um, drop kick out of a splash. Yes, Rogan was going for a splash, and Taka hit him. That's one of the craziest moves to me to this day that you can't fake it. You know, like that move. Yep. There's not a way. I don't think there's a way to do that move without it just being re- legit. It's a real move. Yeah, yeah. It's going to hurt. Um, that's that. Yeah, and he, right out of that, he hit a, a Michinoku driver. It was a great finish. Big fucking spot with that drop kick right into the fin- uh, his finisher. Awesome match. I loved it. Yeah, good showcase for their light heavyweight champion. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah I love Taka, dude. Oh, Taka was great. Yeah. I don't, Just for the longest time, I've only known Taka for... Kai and Tai, 
the com- yeah choppy choppy the, your pee pee yeah, the the comedic side. But when we did uh, Canadian Stampede last year, I was like, damn, there's a reason this guy showed up. He could go. He and, could hella go. And this match, or yeah, this match really uh, continued that impression. Absolutely loved it. Uh, after this, we have a uh, looks like a pre-recorded or or it's an interview segment with Jennifer Flowers. I've never heard of her. Before. I was going to ask you if you knew who she was because you're young enough that you might not know who she was. I, I mean, in theory, I should have looked it up, but I did. I didn't. I like She's when, with The Rock, but yeah. Um. So Jennifer Flowers is one of the chicks that Bill Clinton banged, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so she was big in the news at the time because of that. Like, she was like, oh, yeah, Bill Clinton, like, totally hit this. Um, and, of course, he was like, nah, dude, I didn't do that shit. But, uh, right, but then under oath admitted that he, he really did. Did he admit that? No, he didn't admit that under oath with with Jennifer Flowers, did he? That was only with Monica Lewinsky, wasn't it? I thought he admitted to a relationship with her. Oh, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, you know, um it might have only been anal, but he admitted to a relationship <laughs> with her. Well, that is... Like, anal don't count, dude. No, anal doesn't count, dude. It's like it's... No. Yeah, same... You know, it's like how they say, like, if it ain't eating, it ain't cheating. Same thing. I'm sure there's a phrase for anal somewhere that I'm, I can't remember. Right. 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 If it, Oral and anal don't count. I think that's on a bumper sticker somewhere. Yeah, I think the phrase is, if it's in the butt, it didn't happen. <laughs> I think Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe said that. Yeah, everything doesn't have to rhyme. <laughs> I'll use the word that don't mean nothing, like looped in. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, Getting back so, to the rock with his uh <laughs> with his wit. Thank you, Adam. Asking if uh if he were not a leader of or yeah, of all things, asking political uh questions to the rock. So this and this goddamn <laughs> segment starts and I was like this dude was in the main event the next year. And this is what he was doing this year. So, like, you look at The Rock's trajectory. 13, what he wrestled. Progression? The, at 13, was 13 where he wrestled the Sultan? Uh, yes, so, that would be correct. So, he, he worked the Sultan one year. He worked Jennifer Flowers the next year. And then he was in the main event the following year. Now, he did have a match this year, but, like, this was the big. I forgot he had a match, actually, to tell you the truth. I remember this segment. Y- wait a second. Going back and watching 14, I'm sure it's been a long time for you. Yeah. You remembered that he had the segment with Jennifer Flowers, but you did not remember his match later on in the card? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Grant, it was a hell of a segment, dude. I mean, it was dick jokes and I might run for president one day. Like, it was chock full of good stuff. That was the whole point of the whole thing was to make dick jokes. It was like, dude, one of her questions literally, this is her verbatim, her question what about the judicial system? That's not even a question. That doesn't even make sense. And he responded with a dick joke. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Of course I remember. Yeah, I remember dick jokes more than his match with Shamrock. But I'm more well, look, of a- if that guy could come up with dick jokes as quickly as he does, yeah. he might make a suitable replacement for one of us if we were to ever leave this show. That's true. Yeah, you think we could get him? Or you think Adam could Maybe. get him? Maybe. I mean, we'd have to interview him first and see if he's up to snuff. But if the guy can rattle off a dick joke that quick, that's, he's a candidate. That's true. I mean, realistically, that's the only skill the two of us have. Pretty much. Uh, there were a bunch of Monica Lewinsky jokes, which really did not yes. age well. 
No. You know what no. I mean? Like looking at all. But yeah, I'm like, man, I'm I'm watching these jokes and I was like, this shit aged like shellfish. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> like that shit was funny in nineteen ninety eight, but not anymore. Yeah, well, let's also take into account the interviewer here, Jennifer Flowers. Right. That's Jennifer with a G. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she doesn't even know how yeah. to spell her own name. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here. You're disqualified. Let The Rock make his dick and his president jokes and move on. Yep. All right, next match. Moving on. It is for the European title. Triple H is the champion entering with China, taking on Owen Hart. Stipulation is that China must be handcuffed to Commissioner Slaughter during the match. Money says Slaughter had a boner the whole time he was handcuffed to China. <laughs> Guaranteed he's sporting wood the entire time. Because of the handcuffs? He was or at the, full salute, dude. Because of the handcuffs or because of Owen? Because <laughs> I mean, you ever Triple seen H's nose and the handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever see Triple H's ass? <laughs> You ever seen Tim White's ass? Now we're talking. <laughs> oh, the Triple H comes out with that shit DX band playing him to the ring. Did you notice it was only instrumental? And that's why it wasn't that bad. At least the fucking singer wasn't there. No, he was. He was literally up there dancing like an idiot, like doing the Humpty dance oh, for no reason that. at all while his band's playing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even, even catch that. Even for that type of music, what the fuck kind of... Fashion is a sport coat with breakaways. What the hell? <laughs> Who was wearing he that? He didn't give any fucks, Adam. Who was what? wearing that? The singer? Yeah. The lead singer. Yeah. Oh, vey. Yeah. Uh, they get to the ring and Triple H can't get his robe off. <laughs> oh, that I missed. Yeah, his robe was stuck like he was fucking around with the buttons or something or whatever it was. He, yeah, he couldn't get uh, it off. And then, It um, wasn't because he was so incredibly muscular. He couldn't get it over his biceps. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It was stuck to him. Um, wow. And then he, um, after was ringside taking pictures, I forgot to mention that earlier and like going back and watching all these old shows, I'm like, damn, after was everything back then when I was a kid, I didn't even know who he was, you know? Um, but he was, oh, everything. really? You didn't? No, I, I mean, not, no, in 1998, I didn't know who after was. I mean, I heard his name, but oh, I didn't okay. know. What he, I wouldn't, I'd heard of him, but I didn't know what he looked like. Um, okay. So you didn't get pro wrestling illustrated as a kid. I did, but I didn't look at who fucking took the pictures. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You know, okay. um, but uh, Triple H in China totally posed for him, I think, while they were announcing Sarge. I think the uh, announcer announced that China was going to be uh, hooked up to him. And they tur- they had their back to the hard camera, and they were posing for Aptor. And I was like, damn, I wish I could find that uh, issue of PWI. I'd like to see that picture. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was kind of cool. Um. And just watching it, I was like, man, it was such a different show. There were photographers all over the place. There's a guy sitting at the timekeeper's table with headphones on and a backwards hat, which is exactly <laughs> how I'm dressed, actually, right now. Um, In honor of that guy. Yeah, there were uniform security sitting ringside. Um, and it was kind of like it actually made it feel like more of a legit thing. Like it was much of a less polished presentation. Yeah. You know, it made it just seem like more real, kind of, in a way. It fit with the era, totally. It did, it did, yeah. Um, so Triple H jumps from the apron, <laughs> Owen slams him right into the rail and wipes out the security guy. Did you catch that? No, I didn't see that. Because <laughs> it was the old school barricade, the like bike rack style barricades. So they, right. so they would move. So we slam Triple H into it. There's a security guy on the, on the backside of it, you know, with his back to the railing, looking at the crowd and he fucking creamed his ass. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Um, 
so Owen goes in with an injured ankle. Triple H is working yes. it, and then Owen turns the match around and he gets on top, and uh, his ankle's fine suddenly. It, you know, sometimes you forget to sell. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, even even when you're as good as Owen Hart, um, the crowd was and he on, got color on his nose too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, the crowd was on fire for this match. Did you catch that? Yes, and here's the thing. So Owen's kind of in a tough spot, right? Because DX are almost... You're in that era where the bad guys are cool. Mm -hmm, So the mm -hmm. crowd's going to cheer for the bad guys. So Triple H going in already has a fan base. When by, By a rule, as a heel, you should not have a fan base already. So Owen, to me, really had an uphill battle here. Yeah. As the quote unquote face of the match, trying to win over the people that were cheering Triple H. I think what ultimately happened by you saying the crowd was so hot... The crowd was cheering Owen. The crowd was cheering Triple H. They didn't really give a shit who won. They were just cheering both guys because Owen is beloved. Triple H is your your shit heel that the crowd wants to love because yeah. he's the bad boy. I think they just they wanted to cheer both guys. They loved them both. And I think the match was so good. You know, it was outstanding. Yeah, you know what? I was I've probably seen this pay per view at least a dozen times before this, and I watched right. it maybe three weeks ago. We were supposed to record this episode last week. Uh, you didn't get your shit together, so we put it off for a week. So I got have a mess. So last night I watched it again. So this is my second time watching it, like in a month. This might be my favorite Owen Hart match. This might be the best match Owen Hart ever had. Oof, you know it's hard to argue against WrestleMania ten. Okay, okay. Um, oh, and then he had that cage match with Brett too, huh? Yeah, he's had some doozies, dude. Okay. But this is definitely up there. Like, especially his role going into the match. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you can say enough good things about Owen going into this match, knowing that he's wrestling the the. Not, it's tricky because again, Triple H is supposed to be your heel, but he's not. He's like the cool bad guy. So Owen really went into this match trying to win that fan base over, and I think he did a hell of a job. He did. He did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was, and it was everybody, it seemed like nobody was rooting against anyone, you know, if that makes sense. Like, exactly. At, yes, they were rooting for both guys. Yeah, they were rooting for both guys. So, yeah, it was, it probably was, this was probably the hottest the crowd was the whole night. Oh, I would say aside from the LOD pop. Oh, okay. Well, well the, excuse me, the sunny pop. What? <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop, dude? That was all LOD. Okay. <laughs> Okay, right off the bat was LOD. After the match, you're like, oh, hey, look, there's Sonny, too. Yeah, I popped for Sonny. I know you did. Yeah. You um, can never wear those shorts again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this match. This is probably, I don't know. We'll get to the main event in a little bit, but this might have been my favorite match on the show. It's one of the two, anyway. Um, kill, oh, yeah. It was match. great, Loved dude. It. Yeah, they were both so good. Um, China yep. ends up throwing powder in Sarge's eyes. And Owen, Oh, that wasn't Coke? It, Definitely, yeah. definitely powder. No, she wouldn't. Wait. She couldn't. wouldn't waste that just on Triple H. <laughs> oh, um, okay. I I thought it was cocaine, and I was like, why is Slaughter stumbling around? Like he should be all amped. He's <laughs> out of it for like what the next seven minutes or yeah. so. He's just losing his shit. <laughs> yeah, he sold that shit like he had a heart attack. Well, like, I mean, dude, it was just cocaine. Well, Fuck, it was a lot. It was a lot of coke. That's a good point. Yeah. And he's an old man with maybe, a boner. So. Maybe he was just crying because, oh, no, it's all gone. No. <laughs> you the, wasted the whole bit. The Boston street value, huh? <laughs> yeah, he was like Belushi and Animal House when they broke that bottle. 
she hits home with a low blow. Uh, Triple H get a pe- hits a pedigree, and it was a very mixed reaction from the crowd. But uh, I love that finish because it kept the feud going. Like it was definitely not conclusive. And it was so smooth the way that they pulled it off, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. From the powder or the cocaine throw to the low blow to the pedigree, it all flowed and was perfect. Yeah, it was great. And look, I think they made China look like a million bucks because there were certain points of that match where she was trying to interfere and like Slaughter was pulling on her. Yeah. And China was like, if I really wanted you, to get into this ring, I could. Yeah, you could yeah. tell it was boiling over. She was going to get to that point. Maybe it wasn't going to be pretty, but. She was going to find an opportunity. And right, and the whole thing with the match was like Slaughter was supposed yeah. to control her. Also, but she made it clear that she was controlling him, and she played <coughs> excuse me, an outcome in the finish. They made China, like she was already a force. Yeah. They made her look like a, like Triple H came out well in this, but China looked like a million bucks. Well, this was China at her best, too, because this is before she was wrestling, so she was still protected. You know what I mean? Like she didn't, right, she didn't exactly. have to, she wasn't doing any, because... As a wrestler, she was good, but she wasn't fantastic. So she wasn't doing anything that she wasn't equipped to do. You yes. know what I mean? So yes, right? Yeah, she. You're, you're absolutely right. She looked awesome after this. Yeah, after this, you were she like, really did. She hadn't even been there. What she been there six months or something? Um. Well, no, because she was there in '97, like early '97, I believe. Was she there? So oh, she was about a year in. You're right because she was there when they when uh, Triple H had the cage match with Foley at King of the Ring I think so she okay. had been there a while I'm sorry I'm I'm getting the wife coming into the room well put her on the put get her on here can you say hi babe hi hi okay would you like to ask Hello. your question to the group because no. Ed is going to answer this question I'm sure go ahead Ed this is maybe a question in your alley okay what CKY song is in Jackass my guess is if you go to Spotify, it's probably going to be the number one song on their list. Well, there's a hell of It's um, Brian's freestyle Chinese rap. I don't think that you're right on that. No, I don't know. I don't know what song that is. It's 96 Quite Bitter Beans. Okay, yeah, that was that, sounds right. that was the song I was thinking. I, I had the damn song in my head, but I didn't know the name of, the name of it. I'm sorry. My wife is also drunk, and she's not doing a podcast. Good for her. These are the things that happen. Yeah. So I've got a lot going on here. I'm just going to let you guys know. I apologize in advance for any further interruptions from my household. But between dogs, a kid's sleepover, and a drunk wife, this could be quite an entertaining set of recordings. Well, i got to say, I love that you're having a sleepover with your uh, 11-year-old, and you're both drunk. Uh, To be fair, the 11-year-old that is spending the night with Peyton, her mom is also here drinking. Adam, call CPS. I'm on it. <laughs> Fine. I'll call right to censor and have this show shut the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next guy, which, which I am looking forward to that episode when we get to it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> next match is a, <laughs> next, a mix. Hey, next month. We'll do right to censor next month. Love it. Sweet. We have a mixed tag match. Mark. Marvelous, Mark Marrow and Sable taking on the artist formerly known as Goldust and Luna Vachon. Did anybody else get a boner when they showed Goldust dressed as Sable? Better question, did anybody else finish three times like I did? Oh, fuck. <laughs> or I mean like Ed did. No? <laughs> let's, let's not get... So the storyline uh, regarding uh, this is that Sable is... <laughs> is I thought it was uh, hot. 
I, I mean, you saw me in the mermaid uh, skirt, so you know it. Well, I finished that too. I wasn't even going to mention that. <laughs> well, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're trying to take the show seriously. <laughs> so Mark Marrow is very jealous about all the attention that Sable's getting, uh, despite him uh, performing in uh, the matches. Uh, and then, and then uh, Sable's trying to call him out on it. I wonder Gold if that ass- was. Oh, sorry. Go go ahead. No, no. Um, I wonder if that was legit. I mean, I know, dude. I had to be legit. I mean, I, I was. Sto- I would bet money on it, right? Like, I know it was a story, but like, is there any possibility that Mark Merrill wasn't jealous of that? It, right, dude. It had to sting him a little bit at least because he came in first, and, and I think it was Vince that noticed Sable. Like, so the st- oh, hey, what's up with your wife? So the story I've heard is that he came. He had a meeting with Vince and Jr. He brought Sable with him because I was sort of Vince was kind of like that kind of dude. Like he would be like he'd bring someone in or he'd he'd interview someone and be like, oh, tell me about your family. That kind of thing. You know, he'd want to get to know the person. And he brought uh, Sable. And I think I heard Jr. say it on his podcast when they left. So they signed him when they left. Jr. said to Vince something like, hey, do you get the feeling we signed the wrong person? Oh, shit. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, they brought him in and they ended up being like, Hey, she's the fucking star of the, of the couple. So, I mean, I don't know. They've been, they've been divorced for like 20 years. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but yeah. What are the odds that Mark Merrill wasn't legit jealous? I, I mean, I guess they were, you know, they, they were married at the time. So her income was his income. So that's a good thing. But like, he had to be a little pissed off about that. Oh, for sure, dude, because he was always the star, right? He came over from WCW. Like, they hired him based on his merit from WCW. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, a few years into that deal, his wife is getting all of the attention. And he was that a, had to chap his ass, dude. Yeah, and he was a legit um, athlete. He was a Golden Gloves, Gloves boxer. You know, and all this shit. Like, he had credentials as an athlete, for real. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, look, maybe we're just being dicks. Like, maybe he's advanced enough to be like, eh, you know, whatever, forward-thinking enough to be like, yeah, fuck it. You know, if she's making hella good money and she's more popular than I am, more power to her. I would hope that that was the attitude he had. But, granted, we're talking late 90s. Like you said, he's an athlete with credentials, Mm -hmm. but his wife getting a bigger pop and more attention than he is on the roster. Dude. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't give a fuck. Like, that money's coming in. That's great. But... I don't know how he felt, but you've got to think that a look because WWE at the time was kind of bringing real life angles into their stuff, right? Like Hawk's drinking problem, for example. Yeah, I'm wondering how much behind the scenes, like maybe somebody said something like, "Hey, Morrow's a little Morrow's a little chapped ass that Sable's getting more attention than he is." Totally possible. Maybe they made a thing about it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, some real life stuff really did get in front of the camera. Yeah, uh, but the match was pretty cool. Um, Goldust and, Mar- and Marrow start off. Goldust tags out after like ten seconds. <laughs> did you notice Goldust had Wolfpack makeup on? I did, but I, I didn't think about it. You're right, he did. Yeah, black and red. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Same I'm as, like, dude, well, that's, what, that's what he wears now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, then Sable tags in. Luna won't tag in, so they're teasing Sable getting in the ring. Like they're working this. You know what I mean? They're making you right, wait for right. it. Right. Um, They're building the hot tag. Yeah. And I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm just kind of annoyed by Sable. And I'm like, fuck, man. She, she, I'm annoyed with her even when she doesn't have a microphone in her hand. 
Um, so finally, yeah, we hit that hot tab. Sable does a double leg and hits, uh, throws some punches. And uh, her punches were... I'm watching like she should train the Dark Order how to throw punches. They were pretty good. You know, nice, solid punches. <laughs> she should train the Dark Order. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, and she starts cleaning the house. The crowd's going banana. And then um, Sable, uh, best. I think the best part of the match, and I almost could guarantee Patterson, you know, uh, put set this match up. And I know we say this all the time, but you just can see it sometimes. Um Luna tags out and Sable starts beating Goldust. <laughs> yes. That's a Patterson move, dude. Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. Um, Goldust spits at her. <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude. And then uh, Marrow ends up getting in and hits a low blow on Goldust. Yes. Then he hits the weirdest moonsault anyone's ever seen. And um, then Sable pins Goldust and Corderas counts like he forgot the rules of the match. Yes. Yeah. Right. Sh- shame on him, dude. Shame on him. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, then, then let's not overlook the pop though that Sable got when her and Luna finally locked up. Oh, that's why I said the that crowd rivaled went, the that's, Road well, Warriors. That's what pop. I meant by the crowd going banana. What, well, dude? You should have put the S on the end. You're right. Yeah, they went bananas. The S for Sable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they went like I haven't the, heard the, a pop like that on the show. The S for since Sunny's Road better. came out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's not cr- going to be the last Sunny reference on the show, by the way. No, um, no. The pl- yeah, you're right. The, the crowd went fucking berserk. They they loved. I mean, I you know what? As much as I dislike Sable later, I even really popped for her back then when I was first watching the show, and even just watching it last week, I was like, this was pretty good, man. Oh sure, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good. It was really well booked. Um, she did fine in the role she was put in. She did fine. She did fine, and you know what? Um, that's another thing that I saw where JR said he said Sable did work her ass off. Like maybe she was never the best ever, but it wasn't sure. for lack of uh putting putting the work in. Definitely my yeah, impression she was the best performer in this match. She was. She was she probably yeah, was yes, by she, far. She worked harder than anybody else in the match for sure. And she was definitely the most over. She was like the number probably four star in the company at this point. Oh sure. Definitely. Yeah, uh she hits a power bomb on Luna, Luna kicks out. And there's a little bit of back and forth, and then she hit wins with the TKO. I felt she should have just won with the power bomb because, like, why win with your husband's move? Right. And why have someone kick out of a power bomb? Yeah, the you sable know. bomb. Like that was her finishing move. It should have ended the match. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Totally even, agree with you. Didn't even think about that. That sucks. Because yeah, that could have really helped her in like a, a singles career. Just let her find her identity as a wrestler. Right. Like Damn. Candice LeRae doesn't do Johnny Gargano's finisher. Right. You know, so there was no reason for her to do a TKO. Totally agree. Yeah, that's but all. they win. Marrow and Sable win. Yeah, that's all I got to say and, about that. And and Marrow uh, starts celebrating like he was the one that got the <laughs> that got the. Win. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, right, right. He was uh again like we mentioned on the last episode, like Daniel Bryan after he beat Big Show, yelling yes, yep, like he did something great. <laughs> yeah. I loved Mark Marrow back then. Yeah, good shit heel. Yeah. We are, uh, we are going into. Is this the tag match? Well, before that, Tennessee Shoot. Lee introduces Jennifer Flowers and Double J, but they didn't really do anything, right? They didn't do a thing. Per- they literally introduced the Rock. Per- yeah, they were just oh. like, let's bring out Jennifer oh, so Flowers. Off. Pretty much, uh, yeah, he has the first fireworks display. Uh, just uh, bringing, <laughs> right. bringing her out. 
And then she introduces... Sorry, uh, I just uh, got uh, matches mixed up. Uh, this is uh, the Intercontinental title match between Ken Shamrock and The Rock, accompanied by D'Lo, uh, Kama Mustafa, and Mark Henry. No Farouk uh, accompanying him. But uh, yeah, Double J comes out. He gets a... I, I don't know why I held up. He got a golden shower. <laughs> of fireworks <laughs> escorting Jennifer Flowers out to introduce them. <laughs> I, I should know not to be hesitant on like poo poo wee wee jokes. No, that was my throw bad. them out, dude. We're oh, no, big we're, scat we're fans. big pee pee fans on the show, right? Especially uh, on two girls, one cup. We're big fans. <laughs> oh, two Bellas, one cup. <laughs> right. Even better. Um, Char- Shamrock charges the ring and starts fucking rock up. And the first they fight up the aisle, but the first thing I noticed was the powder from the previous match has not been cleaned up yet. <laughs> right, I'm surprised we didn't or see not, Jake not come previous, down with a straw. I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say the previous match. The match before the pre- two matches ago, the uh, the damn mats are still covered with powder, uh, cocaine, if you will. <laughs> and then like you're expecting Jake to come out with a straw, that didn't happen. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the powder for that match. Maybe it was maybe like the Fink had a bad habit. You you never know. Actually, no. You know what? I saw the Fink in his later years. He definitely did not have that habit. <laughs> That's how he got the ring rats, dude. <laughs> Spread the powder around. Um, so Shamrock's fucking him up. And like a dumbass, he grabs a chair, pushes the referee. <laughs> it goes after the rock. Rock's hit, rock hits him with the chair. And what a fucking chair shot that was. Jesus, you watch those chair shots now, and you're it blows your. We haven't seen him in so long. Mm-hmm. Like chair shots to the head, unprotected. Yeah, it's been so long, and you see him now, and you're like, oh fuck! No wonder they did away with that bullshit. Right? You're like, I can't believe they used to do that, and you're like, I'm glad they don't do that anymore. You know, when I was when I was twenty, what how I was nineteen when the show was on, I loved it, but now I'm like, oh no, dude! Like there is no reason to do that. Yeah, and I'm sure he walked away from this match with a concussion. There's no way he did easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, he hits um Shamrock hits Rock with a power slam off the ropes that Randy Orton spot, and the yes. timing it takes to do that, like you could just so easily drop a guy right on his head. You know, it's just so crazy. Like for both guys, you know, what I mean, the Rock's got to go into it with Shamrock. I just every time I see that mat that move, I'm impressed by it. Well, let me just say, like, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people talk about how good Angle is or was and how quickly he picked the game up. You mean Shamrock? Dude. Or you mean Angle? Kurt Angle. Okay. I'm leading to Shamrock because not enough credit is given to Ken Shamrock. Yes, granted, he had an MMA background, but to walk into sports entertainment and pick it up as quickly as Shamrock did and be as good as he... That's like one of my first notes on this match is... God damn, Shamrock is good. He picked it up so quickly and was so fucking good, dude. I don't think enough credit is given to Shamrock. You know what? For though? as quickly as he picked this up and got that good um, that quickly. We've this has come up before. Um, Shamrock wrestled before he did MMA. Uh, sports entertainment wrestling. Yes, yeah, yeah. He was a professional wrestler before he was an MMA guy. Um, really? Yeah, and Where I didn't though? know that. I think I heard him say that on Stone Cold's podcast. He wrestled somewhere somewhere in the South. Um, not for long, but for like a you know a year or two or something, he did have a background in wrestling before he came to WWE. So he didn't he wasn't starting from scratch, but he was not okay. like a five or ten year vet or anything like that. 
you know. No, because he's I mean, just how many years by run. this match? Like, yeah, he had been in there since what ninety seven, right? Well, yeah, his first time. Well, he was the referee for Brett versus uh, Stone Cold at uh, thirteen. Uh, correct. So he wasn't an active competitor yet. He was just a guest referee. So at this point, now it's one year in, yeah. and you figure he had one year. <laughs> excuse me. Previous to this in the South. Okay, so two years, and he's already in this match with The Rock and looking like a million bucks. Like, I've always kind of been one to not be a huge Shamrock fan, but going back and watching this match now, I'm like, fuck, he was amazing, dude. He didn't have a lot of time in the ring, Mm -hmm. and he was already this good. So I'm glad you brought up how good he was on that power slam. Yeah, he was a natural, and exactly that power slam was was just that power slam really illustrated it. And I know it's like, it seems like a basic move, but it's, it's really not. It's a super, super dangerous move. Oh, totally. Like, you can literally kill a guy with it, you know, so... Yeah, you can hurt yourself, hurt your opponent, but totally nailed it. Yeah. So, right, actually, right after that, he gets him in the ankle lock, taps the rock out, and I was like, holy shit, that was like four minutes. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a quick match. That was fast. Yeah, Yeah. then he... Like, he squashed the rock. Yeah, then he beats up Kama and D'Lo. He fucking slams Mark Henry. Belly to bellies. Yeah. Yeah, then he slams Mark Henry, um, and he goes back to the ankle lock on the rock, and here comes Farouk to save the day. And he, <laughs> he gets down to the ring and he's like, nah. And leaves. He just nah, leaves, fuck you, Rock. I'm good. Leaves the Rock to die. Right. <laughs> if he dies, yeah, yeah. he dies. Yeah. But um, but then here comes the big twist. Mm-hmm. Then the ref uh, changes uh, his decision, awards the victory back to the Rock. The dusty finish. Yes, the dusty finish. Mm-hmm. He squashes the rock and then gets the decision overturned. Yeah, I loved this finish. It was so good because the rock kept his belt. The rock yep. sets up a new feud with Farouk. Yep. Um, Farouk turns babyface, and Shamrock came out looking A, great, B, like a fucking maniac that you need to be afraid of. He laid everybody out after this match. Mm-hmm. He was coughing, coughing blood. Being taken out on a stretcher, Shamrock, like, you, you're you watching the boiling point get to him as the announcement is being made. He's like, as soon as the sentence is finished, he's gonna fucking explode. He does, yeah. goes and, after the rock, oh my god, and did in you the notice, band section area. Did you notice, Scott, who was uh, pushing the stretcher? No, I didn't. Our favorite ladder collector, Tony Gurria. Really? Yeah, Tony Gurria, I've noticed. Um, I, I think we should do a. I think we should start doing a shot whenever there's a Tony Gurria sighting, because he shows up <laughs> in the funniest situations. I didn't even see yeah, him. Yeah, he dude. was the guy. I was laughing because Shamrock attacked him off the stretcher. I didn't even notice Gurria in the mix. Right, he was pushing the stretcher, and it was like SummerSlam '98 where he was the guy bringing the ladders back uh, stage. <laughs> like Tony Gurria was just sort of like the uh, like the jerk of all trades. Like, yeah. whatever needs to be done, just, ah, just fucking have Gurria go do it. Vince needs a hand job. Tony, get on it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, go get Vince a steak. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All right. After that, uh, I got uh, everything back in the right order. We have a... I didn't know that this was a thing, but sure, why not? Throw it in. For the WWF Tag Titles, this is a dumpster match between the New Age Outlaws, the champions entering, taking on Cactus Jack, and wow, Terry Funk was really creative on this one. He is Chainsaw Charlie. Well, this was surprising to me, because when they said 
When Ooh, they said dumpster that, match. That bell means last call. You got any more points to make? Make sure it's done on this episode. Yep, we're getting when close to the time dumpster limit, match. We're, we're going to run th- run through the next few matches. Go ahead. But, Fuck uh, it. but we should be fine for the next few. Yeah. Go for it. When they said dumpster match, was anybody else expecting Sonny to come back out? Oh, what dear. the hell? <laughs> uh, Just me? Okay. <laughs> That's cold. Shit. Is that like one of those? Would that be like one of those things? Like a like a like a Pittsburgh platter? Would it be like a Dallas dumpster or something like that? Is that, what you, <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> a Boston Blumpkin. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, who came up with a goddamn dumpster match? Who's stupid ass idea? This had to be Russo, right? Same guy that said, "Hey, Terry Funk, you're now Chainsaw Charlie. And you're putting pantyhose on your head." Yeah, he's like fucking, fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's like Martin Short in uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with the fucking. <laughs> <nose>. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it was a fuck this match. <laughs> Can I point out something that I did pop at? Jr. mentioned Jax, the I was gonna, toy company that do, used to make their figures. That's in my notes. Here's what it says. Nice. Did Scott mark out for the Jax reference when JR said <laughs> Cactus was looking for more toys? Yes. And he also said Toys R Us. Oh, I didn't catch the Toys R Us. Yes. He said Jax and Toys R Us kind of all in the same breath. And that was my pop moment for this match. It's the best part of the match. It really was. It's, it really was. It was really just kind of like, I felt like it was an unnecessary gimmick. Like there's no reason to have a ladder, uh, or not a ladder, but a dumpster match. So right. the way you win is by putting both guys into a dumpster and closing the lid. That's stupid. It's a dumb. Totally agree. It's, it's a, a du- casket match. Yeah, but, but more casket, industrial. Yeah, <laughs> and a casket is like kind of scary. A dumpster's not. Um, and it was I don't know. I mean, it was just a brawling match, which is, which is actually cool. Like that's cool to see Cactus and um, Terry in a brawling match. But like at one point, <laughs> at one point, Cactus and um, Ass got up on a, a ladder for no reason. Like. <laughs> There wasn't a belt hanging above the ring. They're on a ladder. Yeah, and there was no reason to climb that ladder. And they get pushed off it into the dumpster, which was actually pretty impressive. You could see there was, also- cardboard, there was cardboard boxes in there. I'm sure it was a crash pad at the bottom. So it would have been a soft landing. But, dude, it's a dumpster. It's small. You miss that fucking spot by one foot, and you're fucked. Right. Or you land on top of the guy you're falling or with. that. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of room for error right there. So Yeah, a lot of shit could have gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, that could have been really bad. Um, the do- the dumpster uh, tops are pushed inwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. so technically you can't really or you can't really use that dumpster to win anymore. We could pull it's them broken. You could pull them back out. You in theory, yeah. You yeah. Can. But but seeing how it was, uh, J- Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, uh, I don't know if that was going to be possible. Is <laughs> yeah. So they fight <laughs> up the aisle. Um, one thing I did like about this is when they got backstage, it took a long ass time for the camera to get to him, which made it feel like it wasn't <laughs> planned. Like now, like yeah, Kevin it Dunn, was, it felt real. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Dunn would have a camera right there waiting for him and everything would have been shot perfectly, you know, and it would have looked like a goddamn movie. So I, yeah, but it wasn't right. Put a live replay in to, yeah, get that illusion of a uh, production element, get something live right now. Yeah, yeah. look like I mean like if the if there was a fight in a hockey game and they they fought into the back, there wouldn't be a camera right there waiting for him, you know? Mm-hmm. It would take a minute to get that on TV if it got on TV at all. So that was how I, I really liked the way they did the production of it. I liked a lot. Um but then it was got 
Terry put <laughs> Terry put both of them on a pallet on a uh, forklift, and then he tilted the forklift forward into a uh, dumpster and put them in there. They were obviously rolling off of the pallet. Like if anyone's ever yes. driven a forklift. That thing doesn't tilt that far. It doesn't forward. tilt. Yeah. No, it does tilt. It does tilt, but or, only tilts maybe. But not that much. No, it tilts maybe five to 10 degrees. Not enough for, for anyone to roll off of it. And especially Correct. for that much weight. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. A, two 250 pound men aren't just going to go rolling off this thing. And it's a pallet, which is like a series of boards that are separated by a couple inches. It wasn't like a smooth surface that maybe a ball, a fucking basketball wouldn't have rolled off that. You know what I mean? The way the pallet's designed. Right. So. Yeah, right. I hated the finish of it. The match was okay. It was a stupid concept. Uh, it was a um, <laughs> it was a stupid idea from Bad Creative, and the finish sucked. Thank you. And we spent a lot of time on it. And Cactus and Cactus or Cactus and Chainsaw Charlie won. Yeah, let's move on immediately. Uh, moving on. Quick uh, high point of that match was that they got thrown into big plastic uh, bottles of like. Powerade or something. One oh, of yeah. them, yes. One of them was Surge. I freaking loved Surge. Yep. I think missed opportunity. I think they do sell it on Amazon. I should have gotten some for this episode. So, my sad. Tam, you're my usually bad. on top of that, Adam. I I usually am. I'm I'm sorry. Very Maybe. disappointed. No Boston baked beans. No Surge. Uh. No ch- No chata. <laughs> <laughs> Next match is. The Undertaker with uh, taking on Kane with Paul Bearer. I forgot Kane shot lightning bolts out of his hands and set dudes on fire with it. Oh yeah, that that like hammer guy or something he lit on fire, like yes. the dude that was running the spotlight. Yes, I forgot all about that. Yeah, and he yeah. was like did the whole hand race thing and shot a lightning bolt at him. Dude was on fire. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, so, look, like, I mean, it's it's the same kind of bullshit that The Fiend does, but the, I haven't seen The Fiend lightning one. Wait, has I have I seen The Fiend lightning one on fire? No, Fiend caught on fire. Fiend caught on fire, yeah. Fuck right. that. I like people that, I like people who light people on fire. Right, that's way cooler. Yeah. Uh, way cooler. And dude, so remember we mentioned earlier with the LOD match, when you see a gimmick, you're like, this is doomed to fail. Yeah. I will admit, the first time I saw Kane... I thought that. Really? This is just another monster being fed to the Undertaker. This gimmick's going to go away in five months. They're not going to do shit with it. It wasn't until later on in this match, and we'll get to that, where I was like, this motherfucker's going to stick around. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So before so, the match starts, Pete Rose comes out. <laughs> regular fucking Don Rickles. Oh, yeah. So, dude, it was great because his entire purpose was to bury Boston. Yes. He, he yeah. Just, he How about it? Yeah, yeah. That was the greatest. How about it? I loved it. Um, he told that Bill Buckner joke, which I didn't get the joke, and I had to look that up. Oh my up. god. Um, like I looked <laughs> dude. at I looked that. Was, that's like, the ultimate middle finger when he did the Buckner was. joke. Dude, yes. I didn't get that joke until like five years ago, and I looked it up on Wikipedia. I, I typed in Bill Buckner. I was like, Oh, that's a good joke, man. <laughs> solid. We're talking yeah. solid. A decorated. Uh, I mean, no, no ring, but a decorated career. A great batting average, mm-hmm. uh, but that is what he's going to be known for. Fuck. Yeah, shitting all over Boston, and he hit a 12-year-old reference with the Bill Buckner thing, by the way. Yeah. And still made it sting. Yeah. It was, Kudos, Pete Rose. It was great. It was so good. Yeah. Um, so he is he, just, he's got to be, to me, um, 
of the celebrities who are in the in the uh, Hall of Fame, he's got to be besides Tyson and T. He's got to be the top one. Cindy Lauper oh, yeah. would be above him, but she's not in. But of ones who're in, in, he's top three, man. Oh yeah, and the best part you didn't see it coming. No, you, you didn't figured, see it oh coming. cool, here's a nice moment. <laughs> and he starts shitting yeah. all over Boston. Was, You're like, what the fuck, dude? It was so great. The cane comes out and tombstones him. He ends up on a stretcher. Guess who pushes the stretcher? Uh, was it Tony, Tony Gurria Gurria. again? Tony Gurria siding. I'm doing Shots. Shot. <laughs> shot. Here's the thing that questions me. So later on, or or just in general, uh, with the previous match, you see that they're in a uh, battling out in a hallway, and then in an upcoming match when they do the the walk ups uh, to the entrance stage, you see that they have to walk through a hallway. My question mm-hmm. is, how does Pete Rose get from like his dressing room area? To the stage because we all know that he's he can't be in the hall. Oh, Adam, <laughs> Adam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so here's the funny yeah. part to Adam's. That was, to Adam's that joke. was the only joke sound effect I have. I didn't have the rim shot sound effect anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, Beavis and Butthead works. Shot. <laughs> Do you have the rim job sound effect? (laughs) So to Adam's joke, it was funny because Howard Finkel introduced him as a surefire Hall of Famer. Right. Or a soon-to-be Hall of Famer. Yes. Dude, 23 years later, still hasn't happened. And he should be that. I mean, that's bullshit. Fuck baseball. He is. He is Charlie Hustle. I mean, dude, fucking Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire are going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? No, they're not. They're I, not? They, you I mean they're not yet or they aren't going to be? Uh, unless they get in on like a write-in vote to where like the editors can write them in later. Well, can't we get fucking uh, Pete Rose not. in on a fucking write-in I, vote? I'm a big Possibly. Giants fan. I hope Barry Bonds doesn't get in. Oh, um, yeah. So I, Pete Rose should go in. Regardless of what he did, he's a Hall of Famer, okay, well, dude. He okay. needs to go in. Okay, Barry Bonds and McGuire are the two steroid guys I know. Everyone in the Hall of Fame was on steroids who played after fucking 1984. You know, right? And they yeah. got in. Put fucking Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I totally agree. I his wasn't agree more, dude. His like, yeah, it was bad behavior, but his behavior wasn't affecting everybody. Exactly. I'll, I'll die I'm sure on that hill. Pete Rose it? is a Hall of Famer. Rafael Pal- is Palmero in? He's probably no, he's not. Oh, okay. I don't know. All right. Anyways, Undertaker Kane. <laughs> so Undertaker <laughs> comes out baseball. to uh, uh, O Fortuna, which is like the most dramatic dude. song of all time, right? It's also um, the lead into Jackass number one. That's true. It is. Yeah, which is also a very yes, that's is. a very dramatic motion picture. So Shannon um, was giving extremely. us a prelude to that. So he's got. The, thank in. you. Yes, she was. He's awesome. got the druids uh, that, that come out before him with the torches and everything. It's like the most. This is like really early on in the cool. This has to be like the first really cool. Well, I guess he did the thing where he came out the fucking vulture, but you know whatever. But this is like the first really cool WrestleMania like dramatic entrance. I don't know. HBK on the zip line at 12 was pretty good. Oh, you're right. Okay. Okay. Um, but this is like one of the coolest entrances ever at that point. And he yeah. walks down the aisle and a guy right on camera next to him is holding a sign that says poop dog 316. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Way to literally shit on the fucking entrance. It was fantastic. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. Um, so they get in there. Taker hits a, a crossbody. Hits the ropes, hits a crossbody hella fast, like right away. Kane catches him like he's nothing. And right away, you're like, oh, dude, Kane is no joke. He's no joke. He's, Just he's looking standing. at him. And that was, the, that was the whole purpose of that spot. That spot was put in there for that reason, to make Kane look like a 
goddamn, he already looked like a monster, but now you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, when Undertaker got into the ring at nine with Giant Gonzalez, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is this is not good. But when he got into the ring with Kane, you're like, similar builds. Mm-hmm. Kane's very athletic. They're giving Kane offense against Undertaker like, okay, maybe this will go longer than six months, but he's probably not going to amount to much. Yeah. At least that's what I was thinking. I didn't give that gimmick much much of a chance. I mean, I get your uh, like line of thinking. Well, because they always fed him big guys, right, right? Right. From Boss Man to Bundy to Giant Gonzalez to Kamala. Like the list goes on. Like Mabel, they always fed him big monsters. Yeah. And those monsters always went by the wayside after the matches. Yeah. Yeah. But as this match went on, it became very apparent that Kane was way more than just somebody that was created to be fed to the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Totally. They have long term plans. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they end up outside. Paul Bear is distracting the referee, and uh, two dudes with foam hands are flipping him off. And they, <laughs> they get those two foam hands right in front of the camera. They're like taking up half the screen. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, Kane puts Taker in a headlock, and Paul says, he yells to the referee, ask him, uh, like Jericho did. It was the first time I've ever heard that. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that, uh, Taker <laughs> That's goes, awesome. Uh, Kane's outside. Taker goes for that suicide dive. Kane dodges it. Taker goes through the uh, table. and Hugo, Spanish announce table. And Hugo does that very slow motion fall out of the chair that he's That's known for. A, yes, where he's I, writhing I, I noted chair. that. Yeah. He was so... He was... He was extra on that take. That's yeah, like a 10-second fall. It's like he's falling on, on like the moon where gravity is less. Yeah, he, it's a slow-motion cell. Yeah. I, I think he was more affected not by uh, Undertaker landing on the table, but his feelings were hurt. That's his table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not the fucking table again. Yeah. Um, Kane ends up... Uh, Taker goes for a tombstone. Kane reverses it. And I think that was the first time I ever saw that because you have to be a certain height to do that. And Correct. that's got to be an easy move to fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to be... I feel like there's a lot of room for error on a move like that. Yep. And then um, Taker hits a choke slam on a tombstone. Not a very good tombstone. Kane kicks out, and he was also the first one to do that. Yep. And that's where you're right. like, wait a second. Right. There's something here. Right, because Giant Gonzalez didn't kick out of a tombstone. Nobody did. Mr. Hughes didn't kick out of a tombstone. Nope. And if, if anyone would have, it would have been Mr. Hughes, by the way. Barry Hardy also kicked out of a tomb, or didn't kick out of a tombstone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taker hits a leg drop with the second tombstone. Kane kicks out again. Yeah. And now at I'm, this point, you're like, okay, this motherfucker. Yeah. And I'm also like, he wouldn't have kicked out of Hogan's leg drop. Right. Yeah. Um, then he goes, he hits that top rope clothesline on a third tombstone and finally pins him. And, uh, yep. Kane came out looking great in this match. I mean, just really good. Dude, Um, that's where I was convinced. Okay, so Kane is going to be a big deal now. Yeah, and it was an action-packed match for two guys of that size. Absolutely. Yeah, they tore it up, and that was the good... Like, you could see Kane hung with The Undertaker the entire match, and he looked fantastic. Totally. Dude, he kicked out of two tombstones. Yeah. That's where I was like, okay, this character has longevity. Like, whether or not he remains this guy, Mm -hmm. it remains to be seen. But what a fucking showing at WrestleMania. Totally. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. I did too. Yeah. The, um, stare, the stare down was definitely, at the beginning, no budging, definitely fitting for what they did. Yep. Yeah, and this was before the streak was a thing. 
So technically the streak wasn't on the line at this point. Now, JR did mention that Undertaker had won his last few WrestleMania matches. Yeah. But the streak was not yet a thing. It would not be until 18. But exactly. this match was... It, it made Kane as as great as Undertaker looked in it. And Undertaker always looked Kane good. Kane was a major but player. This, this match made Kane. In my yeah. opinion, in my mind, this match made Kane and the Kane gimmick yeah. real. Yeah. Um, so after that, we go to that really cool video package they used to show back in the day with all the old school guys. You know, in that little yes. arena, it's got, you got Fred Blassie, you got Gorilla, you got um, Ernie Ladd, Ernie Ladd. and a Kowalski. And yes. I just, I love that. I thought that was when they put that on back in the day, I thought that was the coolest thing. And I'm really glad they left it in on Pacock. Um, I, yes, <laughs> I loved it, dude. Like, it, it gets you right in the feels. It really did. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yep. I love Gorilla, you know. Um, I, and, and then you see Gorilla, and that's the part where you're like, dude, get me the Kleenex. Totally, yeah. And I have Gorilla on my desk right now, right in front of me. Nice. You know, um, yeah. And then after that, watching it on Pacock with the uh, regular version, I get a commercial for women's yoga pants. Then I start thinking maybe I won't upgrade to the commercial free version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I can't talk about Gold Dust dressed as Sable. No. <laughs> Fuck. Such a double standard. Yeah. All right. Uh, and before, then we... before we move on, uh, two quick things uh, about the, that previous one. When they panned to the crowd, you could actually see Linda McMahon in the middle of a section. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I, not, I, in a, not in a front row or a suite. She's, she's in the middle of a section. She's in the 100 level. You're right. I totally, I'd never, I've seen this match probably a dozen times at least. I'd never noticed it till last night when I was drunk watching it. it was, sit me with the plebeians. It was yeah. just really, it was interesting. Also, uh, while the match was uh, taking place, JR, we'll give you an update seriously on Pete Rose as soon as we find out his condition. <laughs> they never found out or updated us. So uh, until the next WrestleMania. So at the end of the pay-per-view, you're left thinking yeah. he's dead. Right. But but turns out, side effect, he turned into a giant chicken following year. Uh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he lost the, his mind. The main event of the night uh, is for the WWF title. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on Shawn Michaels, the champion, entering triple with Triple H and China, our special enforcer, a year after the famous or approximately a year after the famous bite, Iron Mike Tyson. So this was so good. The story going into it was so good with Stone Cold and Tyson and Tyson um, in Fresno when they first saw each other in the ring and yep. they got into we it. And all that money flew out of Tyson's pocket for some reason. You got to flash his hundreds. That's true. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, it was just so well booked, and this is why I mentioned this on the uh, the uh, Montreal episode, is this why they wanted Sean to win uh, from Brett, to, to beat Brett, because they already had this match in mind, and Tyson was already locked in for the show, but yeah. uh, it was so great with the shit where um, it, they, uh, what was it, with Tyson, like, you know, the, the story going into it was Tyson was on Sean's side, and he's wearing a DX shirt and everything. Yeah, it was everyone against Austin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyson comes out first. For some reason, Tony Gurria's out there. Shots. <laughs> just in case they need a stretcher. Shot of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, just in case. You never know what's going to happen. You better put Tony on standby. Right. Um, and then um, 
I think it was that shit fucking DX band again, right? No, no. Yep. It was, yeah, they played him to the ring. They played this uh, time with vocals. They played Sean to the ring. Um, they played the cage match music yes, while Stone Cold was walking out of the locker room, which Both was kind of kinda interesting. That was not cage match music. I was going to ask. That's you, not ca- well, it's no. Oh. That's title match music. No, no, it's cage match music now. But back then, oh, I, back then it was title match music. Okay, but now it's the cage match music. Yes, which correct. is great because the cage is the only gimmick with its own music. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but, but back then, every time there was a title match, when they showed the challenger or the champion walking to the ring. Yeah, backstage they had that music playing. Dun 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 dun. dun. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, um, yeah, it was like Flash Gordon. Patterson's out there, and I'm sure that's to help Tyson out. You know, give him cues. Sure. Um, Sean backstage says this is for you, Earl. And I was like, man, was that a shot at Brett? But then I remember it earlier. Was. No, it wasn't because Earl had just had like some kind of issue, like a medical issue. Earl was in the hospital. Oh, really? Yeah, he was in the hospital, and actually, the first time I watched it. Because, like I said, I watched this twice in the last month. The first time I didn't catch it, but um, earlier in the show, JR said something like, we want to say hi to baby Earl, who's in the hospital, something, something. So that's, oh. that's what Sean was talking about. But the, when I first watched it, I thought it was a kind of a Brett shot. I, dude, to this day, I thought it was a Brett shot. No, it's not. He was, yeah, he was sick. Something was wrong with Earl. Ah, um, okay. So now the shit-ass um, DX man is out there with the singer. You love him. Oh, the Chris yeah. Warren band. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, the bass player doesn't know how to play the song, I notice, which is shocking <laughs> because it's like the easiest song in the world to play. Like back when the song came out, I learned how to play it on guitar in about a minute. Right. You you learned Debbie Does Dallas yes. and the DX theme. Yeah. This guy didn't bother. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> That's way harder than the DX theme. Well, there's our outro song for this episode. <laughs> um, so before the match starts Sean took a long look at the crowd and I don't think I would have caught it at the time because he didn't know it was his last match but he knew you know going into the match he knew he was done you just kind of but we all knew he was hurt we like knew those hurt. of us that were follow, yeah we knew his back was fucked dude and I didn't know if he was going to be out for like three months six months nine months a year right but it was one of those things you knew he was going in hurt yeah and every time he took a bump mm-hmm you would cringe, like, especially you and I, like, being huge Shawn Michaels fans yeah. as we are, you watched him take those bumps, and every one of them, you just felt it in your soul, like, oh, fuck, dude, like, don't hurt yourself too bad in this thing. Exactly. Just get out of the match and wa- try to walk away from it. Right, right, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Shawn's, like, being a show-off at the beginning, like, he's just being a fucking dick, you know, just like that Shawn heel, you know, cocky fucking prick heel, and it's right. so good. He's, like... He's showing off to Stone Cold how much faster he is than him, mostly. Right. And um, Stone, Cold, Stone Cold catches him, grabs him by his pants, and we get the longest HBK ass shot of all time. Like, yeah, was, he was sort of known JR for that. Like, says, he, it's a full moon in pants. Boston tonight. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We should look that Wait, up. are you complaining? Don't complain. <laughs> yeah. We should look that up in the Farmer's Almanac and see if it was an actual uh, full moon that night. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the farmer's almond. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, go, I'll go grab my 1998 version. Yeah, right. Yeah, the 1998 edition of the farmer's almanac. <laughs> yeah. Um, Triple H jumps Stone Cold, and he and China get tossed. And um, that's when I was like, "Damn, I do miss Earl." Like Earl tossing fools was great. Yo, he's so over the top with it. Yeah, like nobody can toss someone like Earl can. Right. Um. 
the, he chases them up the ramp too. Like, and then here comes Sean. And he attacks him. He like hitting him with symbols and shit. Like by, you know, from the stupid uh, DX band. He's like beating him up with their gear. And this is when I first noticed. I knew going into it, but where you could see that Sean's back was fucked. Oh, dude. You know? He, he, you, he, and he would wince. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, part of me is like, is he just playing this thing up for the cameras? But then you're like, no way. Yeah, like... This he, is legitimately killing him. Right. He looks like he fell off a hoverboard like Mike Tyson at this point. <laughs> or Brooke Shields. Right. <laughs> really quick. Really quick. Um, this just in. On, on that day in 1998, it was Waxing Crescent. Uh, but but, but, in, but in the Adam, fleet center... You full moon it was a full moon (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so as they work as they work their way back to the ring this is another thing i I should watch more shows drunk because i seem to notice things i've never noticed before first time i ever noticed last night um (laughs) a chick sitting on the aisle grabbed stone cold's ass while they were on their way back to the ring yeah she like totally grabbed his ass and like turned around to someone and was like celebrating about it she loved it was he okay with it he, I don't, I don't even know if he noticed it, but she was definitely okay with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, you pay for those tickets. Yeah, you get certain perks. Uh, so the crowd's chanting something, and the king says, "I, can't, I can't make out the chant because of that stupid Boston accent." <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Sean's working over Austin's knee, and Tyson's taunting him. And uh, he t- Tyson tosses Stone Cold back into the ring, and he pulls his trunks all the way up his ass, dude. I almost saw his butthole. And I, I mean, it was so I've never seen a wedgie like that in a wrestling match. And I was like, dude, he's lucky he actually didn't tear him. Like, can you imagine the WrestleMania main event and a dude's trunks get torn off? Oh my god! Like it looked like that was like close to happening, dude. Yeah, it would have been another full moon. How embarrassing. Would that be like the end of a guy's career? <laughs> to, to get in the biggest match of the year and get his like cock and ball showing? Well, I remember AJ. He ripped his tights in a match, but that wasn't at a WrestleMania. It was right. like a secondary pay-per-view. Right. And that was but, close. Yeah, that'd be horrible. Close. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like your twig and berries are hanging out in a WrestleMania main event? That's the end Dude, of your push. I, uh, man, I mean, the only thing worse would be to be the, like a shooting star headbutt. <laughs> yeah, right. To the, to the mat. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, then uh, Stone Cold gets, or I mean, uh, Sean gets a sleeper on Austin. He gets backed into the quarter right into Kyoto. And uh, Kyoto gets a stink face from Sean. And this is the first time I've ever seen a stink face. Oh. Yeah. And then okay. uh, Stone Cold does the corner stomp spot. And the crowd goes mild. And I was like, I think they wore themselves out during the Sable match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very possibly. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of move into the to the finish from there. It's a um I think Stone Cold blocks a super kick. Sean blocks a stunner. Stone Cold blocks another super kick, hits a stunner, one and Tyson jumps in because Kyoto's got the stink face. And it was a fast count because Tyson doesn't know how to count. He just and, uh, he just heard the in, instructions, <laughs> um, <laughs> the most minimal ones. You're going to count. <laughs> Yeah. One, two, three. Okay. Fucking Tyson. <laughs> yeah. But just slap it three times. We're good. It was no, a really cool That finish, sounds though. more I like the, the instruction they that they reverse. gave him. <laughs> I like that it was reverse, 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 because I don't think that might have been the first time and we'd ever seen something like that. That's kind of not exactly common, but you see that 
you know, kind of regularly now. But that might have been the first match I'd ever seen that where you reverse a finisher, hit reverse a finisher, you know, and go into one. So it was And Shawn cool. Michaels didn't hit a super no, kick in that it. match, right? No, he didn't hit it because he, no, Stone Cold I, blocked it twice. I don't know that he could, though. I don't know if he could actually oh, throw a proper super oh, kick yeah. based on how bad his back was. You know what? I didn't even think about that because I'd have to go back and watch, but I do believe those super kicks were more toward Austin's chest. Yes, they were more like half-hearted, like yeah. he didn't have to go all the way to the chin. Right. I don't think his back would have allowed him to throw the super kick. That's actually so an interesting it, point. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they could have gone with any other finish besides like, hey, just throw it at his chest. He's going to reverse it into a stunner game over. Yeah, yeah. So Stone Cold wins. Vlad is not pleased. <laughs> he loves HBK. Yeah, he loves HBK. Um, Tyson gets in. He's got the Stone Cold shirt. And like suddenly I'm like, oh, he's a whore like Elizabeth and is just going to leave with whoever won. Right, right. You know, he because he, he was wearing a fucking DX shirt. He could have gone either way. He was hedging his bets. Right. He's a Pamela Anderson and a Jenny McCarthy all in one. <laughs> yeah. And he knocks HBK out. That's kind of the finish. Um, HBK is knocked out, but he's making faces, which was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, dick. I thought it was a really good send off for HBK as a heel, though. You know, because what a great match! Like, and you knew how hurt he was mm-hmm. going into it, mm-hmm. and to be able to put on that kind of a match, yeah. like Angle was injured at nineteen, also, right? And that was another one where you're like, oh man, just please walk out of this, right? Right. And Stone Cold was injured at nineteen against The Rock. We didn't know it, but you knew Angle was hurt. You knew HBK was hurt. And goddamn, did they put on the, a, a hell of a performance? It was a great match, and I've heard Sean say he wasn't he was never happy with that match. I love that match. I do too. I, I agree. I've probably seen it a hundred times. Yeah, dude. you know what? It's not one of HBK's best matches, but it's one of Stone Cold's best matches for sure. You know? it's not HBK's best WrestleMania match by far. That's probably the match with Angle. Yeah, or you could argue Undertaker. Um, but he should absolutely be proud of that, considering his condition he was in. Mm-hmm. Dude, and what a performance. And especially for having a reputation for being like a douchebag. Like he came right. out and did business. He was totally professional the whole time. Yeah, because yeah. Undertaker was going to beat the shit out of him if he didn't. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because there was... um, What was the... St- Taker, I he think... Was, he was taping his fists at Gorilla. In Gorilla, that's what it was. Yeah, I was going to say something with Gorilla. Yeah, he was taping his fists so he... So he so Sean saw him. Like he was doing it yep. as Sean came through. So Sean knew to do business. Yep. That's what it was. You better lay down, Hickenbottom, yeah. or I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Um, so overall, we've gone way long on this pay-per-view, but uh, whatever. We only got two more episodes to do tonight, and they're going to be quick. Um, it was a really good show. It was actually better than I remembered. I sort of remembered this being at the beginning of the Attitude Era where they still had some shit like the Oddities and the Godwins and shit, but none of that was on the show. Um, oh, the Godwins were, but no Oddities, thankfully. Well, the Godwins were, but, but I mean, bare- they were in the Battle Royal. But, right, it was a throwaway. Yeah, but none of the shitty stuff from the beginning of the Attitude Era was on there, and none of the shitty stuff from the middle of the Attitude Era was on there. So it was actually, like, overall, it was a great match. Um, the only disappointing thing about it was actually there wasn't a lot to goof on for a podcast. Um, I don't know. I think I got my licks in. Well, you did. I mean, we, we do our best. And I, I really do. Um, the main event and H versus Owens were my favorite matches. The Sable match was way better than I remembered, especially after watching her SummerSlam match. Yes. And Sable did fine, dude. Yeah, she, she did, did way good at this one. She did, and I loved um I love Taka and I love Sonny's gear. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that show. And that uh, and all that right. is how Boston entertained us back in nineteen ninety eight. 
that's our episode. Hope uh, you all enjoyed it. Let us know uh, what you thought about this show. And if you go back and watch it, let us know uh, anything else that you uh, noticed about it. Let us uh, know on the social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok wrestling underscore drunk. Uh, also, get those re- drunk wrestling history t-shirts with maneuver.net. That means with Eddie and with Scott, I'm Adam. Just reminding you to please continue standard safety protocols. Enjoy buzz. Watch wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody's watching. We hope you have a great time and we'll see you on the next episode of Drunk Wrestling History. Let's take it home. One, two, three. Boston. See ya. Dive. Get some chat. Thank mm-hmm. you.